BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good bye week Wednesday, Birds fans. Thanks for streaming in early with us here. I'm Birds 365. You got Mac and Mac, McMullen and McDonald here to hang with you. Um, yeah, we now have to show a little patience. We've got a lot of inside uh, motions about the Philadelphia Eagles. Their start they're off to, the chances <laughs> for this year, and then hurry up and wait because every team in the league gets a bye. And this happens to be the Eagles bye week. And I think it comes at an opportune time for a couple of reasons. Number one, I always like middle of the schedule. I know some teams would prefer it a little bit later. I think it was Jim Foss who once told me, Jody, don't forget to include the preseason. If you want it right in the middle, make sure you add those preseason weeks because that's part of the season as well. Yeah, I don't know if I ever bought that, but Fossil told the tweets. I've always remembered it um, right in the middle of the season. It bounced goods and gets. So it's an opportune time for the Eagles. And I'll ask John about uh, the injured player the Eagles have and what the extra couple of days I'll get here could mean to them. But J-Mac, here's where I want to start. I ran this by my WIP listeners last night, and it comes down to confidence level. Uh yeah, the Eagles have to have their own confidence level, but we relate with the fans and thanks those who have streamed in early here today. I'm more worried about their confidence level, Eagle Nation confidence level. 
I'm going to ask you to back it up, back, 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 back it up two months ago. Go back to uh, September 8th as compared to November 8th, where we are today. That would be right before they went to New England to take on the Patriots to open up the season. Your confidence level at that point, the offseason is finished. They've made the moves they've had to make. They've had to make a bunch more since for varying reasons, and Howie Roseman has been pretty good at that. Uh, but the roster that they came into the season with, they're positioning against everybody else in the National Football League. The schedule they were scheduled to play against. Um, two months later, the results are now in. If you had confidence level A at that point, now two months later with everything that's transpired is confidence level B. Is it exactly where you thought it would be? Is it slightly better than you thought it would be? Is it markedly better than you thought it would be? Is it slightly less than maybe you thought it would be or markedly less? How would you compare what your confidence level was just before the season started to where it sits here evaluating the 8-1 Eagles heading into their bye? For me personally, more confidence. Uh, I thought they were going to struggle a little bit more with all the changes. We talked about a lot in the offseason, five defensive starters, new coordinators. I thought there would be a hiccup. There was one with the Jets, really more of a play than a game. They didn't play well, but um, they lost the play. They lost the game on one play. Um, so I would say, from my perspective, they've been better than I expected them to be. I, I expected them to move slowly along. I thought I knew they were going to be a really good team. That they're just too talented. But I thought it would be they would grow as the season went on and they pretty much hit the ground running and have the best record in the NFL. And, you know, they're, they're probably disappointed because they're not nine and zero at the bye. Um, and they should be, to be honest. Uh, so yeah, I think it's been better than anyone could have expected. Um, but <laughs> we talk about Eagle nation, they're probably a little bit more disappointed than, you know, because they don't have the style points. Uh, so, you know, I think they're two different. From my personal perspective, yeah, much better than I thought it would be. Not my, I mean, maybe I thought maybe they'd have two losses, you know, something like that. They have one. Um, but I, I, I've been pretty impressed with how seamless it's been with the new coaches, the new defensive stars. They've had to go about it a different way. Um, they're obviously struggling in pass coverage, so they've had to go about it a different way, but it's it's been pretty impressive. I'll tell you where I'm at, and then I'll just give you the quick read on uh, the responses I got over the three-plus hours I had it out there as a question for my listeners. I'm with you. Uh, I'm slightly more confident at this stage than I was going into the season. Not massively more confident because they have some issues that we discussed them. Yes, they will discuss them. They will discuss them leading all the way up to the Chiefs game, things that the Eagles could be better in. But A.J. Brown is arguably the best receiver in the league. I guess Tyreek Hill has better numbers, um, but it's damn close between the two, and I knew A.J. was going to be good. I remember the day that A.J. Brown... Uh, the the Monday after or was it? They cut the deal on Friday, so we probably did a Friday birds three sixty five. It was uh, I was day one of the trap, so it was probably Thursday Thursday night. 
So we came here on Friday, and man, I got crushed both here on Birds 365 and on social media. And you were right there with me. I said, I have them just outside of the top 10 wide receivers in the league. Because I went to him, and here's how I would rank the wide receivers coming into before you ever put an Eagle uniform on. What he had done in Tennessee, I had him like 11th or 12th. He's certainly been a top 10 wide receiver since he got here to Philadelphia. He has ex, uh, far exceeded what I thought he was going to do. Coming into the season, certainly I would have had him as a top 10 wide receiver. Borderline top five, maybe fifth. He's number two at worst. If he's not two, he's one. And I think he's had just as good a season as Tyreek Hill. So, yeah, he's overachieved. And the other one that both you and I were fans of, but we couldn't have even believed that he was going to be as good as he has been. I didn't know Jalen Carter was going to come in here and be a dominant player his first half season in the NFL. I thought he'd be good. I thought he'd be able to step right in and make a difference. He's one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL. And I didn't know that was happening. So if you did, then you want to pat yourself in the back. Oh, he's good. I knew he'd be a top three or four tackle in the NFL. All right, you're smarter than me. Uh, But he has been that good. So it's an individual player thing. They have two guys that have just been significantly better than I thought they would be. Add that to the couple of phases of football where they might be still having to figure some stuff out. Yeah, I've got the Eagles as as slightly, slightly, just slightly, but my confidence is pretty damn high to begin with. So to be anything higher than the yeah. level I had at the beginning of the years, pretty good spot for Nick Sirianni to be in right about now. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, we we say it all the time. We're at twenty seven consecutive regular season weeks. Um, pretty impressive run. This is the the glory days of uh, modern uh, Philadelphia Eagles football. Uh, sometimes I think people don't recognize that when they're in the midst of it, but this is not normal uh, to be this consistent in a league pretty much defined by parity. Um, you know, uh, back to the days of Pete Roselle, that's what they crave. That's what they want uh, in this league. So every fan base thinks they have a chance, yada, yada, yada. Everybody loses. Everybody has bad weeks. Um, so do the Eagles. But they usually, usually uh, find a way to win these games, even when they don't have their A game. And that, to me, defines, I just bring up the baseball analogies, that the starting pitcher that grinds through when he doesn't have his best stuff, that's the Philadelphia Eagles. They find ways to win games um, more than anybody else. Um, and that, I think, is a trait. And I always bring up Danny Green as well. Uh, told me back in the day, you brought up Jim Fossil. I'll bring up Danny. Said winning's a habit. And so was losing on the other side of that coin. Um, and they have they have a habit now. And they just win. And it's pretty, it's pretty impressive to watch. All right. So I'm going to go devil's advocate here. Because we both just said we believe that the, the conference level in this team should be even higher than where it was before the season started, which was at a pretty damn high level to begin with. I'm going to evoke the name of the 2022 Minnesota Twins. Uh, excuse me, Minnesota Vikings. They could have made that same statement that you just made, Johnny Mac. We just find ways to win. Uh, check our record. We just find ways to win. Yet you and I both sat here and go, 
Minnesota is tough to understand. They're tough to figure. Don't know how they're doing it, how they continue to win games when they're bad. They're putrid, but they just continue to sneak win after win after win after win after win. We didn't necessarily believe winning was a habit with the Minnesota Twins. Why is this Eagle team better than that? Uh, I keep saying Twins. I'm in a baseball. You got me in a baseball mode, mm-hmm. McMullen. Uh, Minnesota Vikings last year, who nobody, at least we weren't surprised when they went down week one. You didn't really like the Giants either. Somebody had to win that game, right? Somebody, uh, yeah. But that they, ruined and, the New York Giants, by the way. But go yeah, exactly. Continue. So um, how do we? Uh, how do we? Well, the Eagles have more talent, but that that was the issue with Minnesota. Minnesota was a very good offensive team, very good offensive team last year, but defensively was the issue, and it was it was an abject. This is one of the worst defenses I've ever seen, literally. Um, uh, it, it, it they couldn't stop anybody, um, and a lot of it was related to Ed Donatel. And I kind of said coming into this season, Minnesota might be better. Minnesota will probably be better, but they'll have a worse record because they they sort of got lucky and got all those one-score wins. And all of a sudden, here we are. Now, they lost their quarterback, so they're not going to be better. But if their quarterback didn't get hurt, they are better. They had a bad start, but all of a sudden, the defense is better, even though they don't have a ton of talent because they have a much better coordinator. And they're a better overall team. I said the same thing about the Eagles, but on a different level because the Eagles have more talent. I didn't think the Eagles were going to win 14 games again. They might. (laughs) They might do it. Um, But I said they could be a better team even if they don't hit that same number. They have a more difficult schedule. They're right in the midst of the, the difficult part, all that kind of stuff. It's just... Again, in a parity-driven league, it's difficult to be that consistent. But, you know, the Eagles build the right way. They do. They build the right way. And they have one of the best offensive lines. They have one of the best defensive fronts. And they have a great quarterback. And if you have those three things, you're going to be in a lot of games, Jody. Uh, You're going to have an opportunity. Is the ball going to bounce your way every single week? Probably not. Um but you're going to be in most games if you have those three things, and they have those three things. Certainly have that going for them. All right, one more note uh, before we punch up our first guest. Mike Gill is going to jump in like he usually does at this time on on Wednesday mornings. Um, this is our buddy Ruben, uh, a Ruben Frank stat, and Rube comes up with some of these things, and I just – it's got to be a lot of research behind him because I don't even think along those lines and he looks them up. Um, This millennium, John McMullen, which means from 2000 to 2023, how many teams do you think have started the season either nine and oh or eight and one in their first nine games? So we're looking at 23 seasons worst. How many teams do you think were either eight and one or nine and oh? Uh, say that again. Overall, or what? What is no? What their are, first nine games of the season from yeah. the twenty to the two thousand season to this year, the twenty twenty three season. So twenty three years of uh, seasonal results. How many teams do you think started either eight and one or nine and zero oh in their first nine games? In their first nine games, uh, I don't know. 
probably. I'll put you out of your misery. There have been 40. 40 teams that started the year either 8-1 and one or 9-0. and oh. uh, And there's only one this year. That would be the Philadelphia Eagles because everybody else has got at least. I'm surprised one. it's that high. But it's yeah, 40. On. In 23 yeah. years. Now, it's 23 years. It's not yeah, like... that's a long period, but that's, you know, that's difficult to do. I'm surprised it's that high. There, there have been 40 teams. Um, of the 40, how many teams do you think, in those good starts of either 8-1 and one or 9-0, and oh, didn't win a game by at least 14 points in that season during that uh, time frame where they went 8-1 and one or 9-0? and oh. Ah... Probably very few. I'm going to say under five. Uh, generally, you're dominant. Keep, keep going down from five. Uh, two. Keep going down from two. One. That would be one. And that would be the 2023 Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Generally, you're dominant when you're winning that many games. Um, yeah, I get it. Uh, now, how many teams have gone... Eight and one or nine and oh for two consecutive seasons. That I do not do know. Do we have that? Do uh, we yeah, have that? I, I do not have that. But last year's team, including the Philadelphia, because you're right, they're eight one, they had blowout wins. This year they have not. They have not had one win, a final score that they were up by two touchdowns or more. They're the only team this millennium who's gotten off to this good a start record wise and not had a blowout win. It tells you, like you said, when you were running down the confidence level thing, Al Davis's favorite line, just win, baby. That's yeah. what they do. They just win. They don't always uh, step on teams' throats. They don't always blow people out. They don't make it easy on you if you're watching the game. But they won eight out of I'm nine I'm trying games. to go through the games in my head, and, and I'm trying to go through because – there's so many garbage points in the NFL. Um, New England was a tough game, you know, and it wasn't pretty. Minnesota was a game. Minnesota was down 20 in that game. I don't think it was as close as the final score. They dominated in Tampa Bay. They've struggled both games with Washington. I never got the feeling the Rams were even in it when they got Going in the third quarter, I never got the feeling they were the defense was so well, dominant. But the Ram game, you said early, did I sitting here watching? You were out there and now early, yeah. The first half, I was like, oh god, Cooper uh -oh. Cup, yeah. First half, and then they just took over in the third quarter. Miami, they were pretty impressive. Um, and Dallas, uh, they played just a god awful fourth quarter, but they, you know, for three quarters, I thought they were pretty damn good um so i just went through it off the bat uh, a couple dominant games um only only washington they played poorly against washington as for what they should do but you know the division rival all that kind of stuff obviously they had trouble with the jets defense but the jets defense is really good the problem there is they didn't turn over zach wilson which is, you got to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. um, um, so those are the three games I'd look at and say, eh, maybe could have been better. But the fact that one's a division rival kind of mitigates it. And I'll give you one bad game in nine games in the NFL. 
Kansas right. City's had them, Buffalo's had them, whoever you like, Cincinnati, Baltimore, everybody's had bad games. So, yeah. And I'll the Eagles them. have had one less than everybody else because yeah. they only have one loss. And that is something to certainly hang your hat on. But they have not been a team to, to blow out a squad. And, uh, hey, last year in the playoffs, they blew out two opponents. So we know that they're certainly – Well, what was the number, 14? So you got to be over 14? What right. Was the right. So, yeah, what does that really mean? Because they beat the Dolphins, who might be the best team on the schedule to date, them or Dallas, I would guess. They beat them by 14 points. Right. No. More than more than 14. And the reason why that's a legit number is – that's more than two full scores. Even if you push the 18 possibility, 16 possibility to the eight point potential touchdowns, uh, 14 is your regular two touchdowns. So it's more than a two touchdown victory. They haven't had one. And it uh, doesn't matter because you're eight and one. Uh, standings are the most important statistic of the ball. But they just haven't haven't blown teams out this year, and hopefully it's not something that we come back to if the Eagles get picked off somewhere along the way in the postseason and go, yeah, you know, why didn't they blow teams out during the regular season? Why couldn't they just step on somebody and kick them when they were down? You got to be able to do that. I hope that's something that doesn't come back uh, for us to be able to look at. And one more thing, while we're um, waiting for Mike Gill to join us. A lot of talk about the Detroit Lions. Watched a bunch of the talking head shows yesterday, and uh, they're trying to figure out, because it's, quote-unquote, midway point of the season, who are the best teams in the NFL. And everybody's including that Eagles in the conversation. But they're going down the road of, and watch for those Detroit Lions. They've got an easy schedule the second half of the year. They've only got two losses. I know they haven't been in the playoffs forever, so we don't usually think of them. But how about those Detroit Lions? I got one question about the Detroit Lions, John. They win opening week in Kansas City. The Thursday night affair, that's a big win for them. 21-20 to win in Kansas City while they're celebrating. Not trying to downplay that win. But it was now two months ago. It was a while ago. Well, they didn't have Travis Kelsey, I believe. Right. Uh, Kansas City without Travis Kelsey for the opening game. Very good point. Thank you for adding that to the mix. Who have they beaten since? Because well, we have, it's not, we have uh, to uh, listen to that all the time here. For, oh, who the Eagles beat? Who the Eagles beat? Eagles have played a cupcake schedule. We heard it last year. We've heard it to an extent again this year. Last two weeks, three of two of the last three weeks, Eagles have beaten the Dolphins and the Cowboys, who are both teams with very good records. Who the hell is Detroit beaten after that opening game victory against Kansas City? It, it, but that's not the point. The point is... And they got waxed by Baltimore. I mean, just destroyed. I think Baltimore might be the best team in the NFL. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to lean towards that. But that that's the whole point. They have the easy schedule. So it's not about who's the better team for me. I think the Eagles are the better team. I'm just talking about the number one seed. You can't hiccup because they have the easy schedule. Now, they have a difficult game at the Chargers uh, this week. If they win that game, and they may very well lose it. Then I think they can really make some hay, um, you know, with the Bears. The Bears are not – I don't even think the Bears are playing at this point anymore. Um, they want to get either the first and second overall pick or the second and third overall pick. Um, 
So I think they're in full tank mode. Um, yeah, but hold on. Let me ask you about that. And and Gil's ready to go. We'll get to him in a second. Not really. They went out and added a key defensive player and signed him to a contract extension. Tank mode, you and I have discussed this before. It's less in the NFL than it is in some other spots. General managers tank. Players don't tank. Coaches don't tank. The, the, the guy who's putting the roster together tanks. And they didn't do that. They went out and got a better play. They upgraded their roster going into the uh, trade deadline. So I don't think they're in tank mode. Well, I, I when I say tank mode, as you point out, I'm talking NFL tank mode, not NBA tank mode. Like, you need good players. Ryan Poles has to figure out a way to convince these guys he deserves his job as well. So and he, and he's got to build up the team for next year, but you you know an edge rusher can only do so much, and that's a very good player. But when you're not playing your quarterback and you're playing, what's his name? I always screw up. I always Tyson up. Badgen, Tyson well, and, and Tyler, it, it, Tyson and no, Tyler. No, because Fields is legitimately hurt. It's not because well, he was Fields. legitimately hurt. Is he still legitimately hurt? Yeah, I, he I don't can't know. even grip a football. He busted up his thumb, his throwing thumb. No, I know, the, the first few weeks. But now there were talk he was going to play this week, and they got the short week, and now they're saying he might not play this week. I, I don't think you're going to see Are you suggesting Justin. they're going to sit fields the entire uh, entirety of the rest of the year to make sure they lose games and finish, that somehow his thumb's going to get worse in November and December? I think they're being very, very cautious. And you probably – Again, in the modern NFL, it's not like the old days. You have to sort of have uh, medical uh, um, evidence uh, for doing certain things as opposed to just completely shutting somebody down. But you can work some things in there as well. And by the way, they're still losing games with Justin Fields. So it's not – I think overall the Bears want to be as high in the draft as possible. That's all I'm saying as high as humanly possible. Um, and they want to be as close to one and two as humanly possible. And they're not going to go out of their way to win games. And, and, and if there's any decision to be made on a given week, they're going to err on the side of caution. That's sort of an NFL tank. It's not Sam Hankey. It's not, oh, Matt Geiger helped me win a game. Let's get him the hell out of here as quickly as humanly possible. Um, it's a little bit different, but it does exist. And and when there is a, a, a slight decision, they're going to err on the side of caution. And they stink anyway. So Detroit. That's, that's your best argument. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not buying in what you're selling, but whether you got Justin Fields, you give your best effort, put forth your best roster, they can still lose anyway because they're just not that good Yeah, team. they just stink to begin with, and so do the Packers. And, uh, you know, Minnesota's got – players uh but you know josh dobbs is going to be the quarterback and that's an issue even though he had a a a great story and and that was a a tremendous job by him i mean long term it's still josh dobbs um they're going to win a lot of games but i don't think you know even if the eagles have to go to detroit i don't think that people are going to be fearful of that but it's you'd rather play at home is yeah, obvious from the Eagles' perspective. And, oh, by the way, uh, the Bears will help themselves a lot with their positioning in the draft this weekend because they're playing the Carolina Panthers. 
yeah. they have the Panthers' number one pick. And as of right now, the team with the worst record in National Football League is the Carolina Panthers. So they can stick another loss on them. Yeah, it's going to hurt their own draft status by getting a win. But uh, one way or the other, they're going to take a loss to the two picks that they have. Uh, I think the Bears will win this week. And I don't know if they're going to roll over as much as you think. All right, uh, Johnny and I got off on a tangent. That's my bad. I apologize. The guy I apologize to is Mike v- Mike uh, Gill because he's looking at me. He's got... Some kind of a nice T-shirt on. He's uh, look if he could reach through and hit me, I think he'd punch me. But I'm glad that this thing is uh, virtual. Uh, so we get uh, the tough guy, Mike Gill from the Sports Bash down at Shore, joining us next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got the Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. We are joined by our usual Wednesday bud from down the shore. That would be Mike Gill of the Sports Bash 97.3 ESPN. And this week's T-shirt is? 
Princeton Tigers, man. I'm feeling smart this morning. Bye week. Did a little extra studying for today. A little self-scouting on Mike Gill. Uh, yep. Countdown. See how to uh, tweak and change my content. Ivy League intelligence um, with the Princeton I've been Tigers, to the Princeton like. campus many a times up there in uh, the Trenton area. So Ewing, Trenton, Princeton. Yeah, it's beautiful. Very nice spot. Very nice spot. It's solid 10 miles north of Trenton. Uh, yeah. yeah. You gotta go I did the, the Trenton area. Okay. Uh, two, you, got, way. you go up 206 if you're coming from like, the, you know, Hamilton out that way or whatever. There's a bunch of ways to get there. But yeah. Princeton Tigers, that's the shirt today. I like the orange. Uh, and yeah, if you went there, you're probably a pretty smart guy. We would be 0 for 3 on Ivy League attendance here on Birds 365. Uh, it's an O2 college basketball season starting, Jody Mack. I'm a oh, big, really? I'm a big you, go, you go back to Pete Carrill? Is that when you're rolling out here? Oh, yeah. oh, they made a run of recruiting? Week 16 last year. I mean, they made a run. Of the, I'm a big hoop head, man. I was up late last night watching. Going to backdoor you to death. Yeah, yeah, I was watching UC Irvine and San Jose. I'm a big hoop head, man. Boy, I, I, I got to tell you. I'm, I'm negative Nelly because boy, I they have ruined the regular season of college basketball. Yeah, uh, but I like the early season like this time. Once they get into like the conference play, I think you're right. But this early season stuff. By the way, the reason I like it early, there's a lot of money to win because the lines makers have no idea. Well, there what we go. Doing, yeah, so. there we go. We found out the truth. All right. <laughs> right. Now I now I accept. I cleaned it. up last night. These odds makers have. They can't put the lines high enough for some of these games. Like Creighton last night, I get minus 36, and I'm laughing. At him. They win by 51. I said, they can't put the line high enough for some of these games early on. Mm-hmm. Although a nice win for LaSalle over Drexel. I watched a lot of that game last night. I didn't. I should have. Uh, I was watching the Fly Guys instead. Um, that was at 1030. But, the Fly Guy game was at 1030. LaSalle oh, Drexel was, was a seven game. Uh, okay. Um, so what the hell was I? Oh, uh, I watched the Rangers. They're they're off to a pretty damn good start. I right, we're off. Well, I promise we're getting back to full mode. Right. One second. I do need to make this point though. Uh, college basketball. You brought up college basketball. Women's college basketball. Which oh by the way, the women's championship game this past year outrated the World Series. I saw that television ratings. Is that true? Oh wow. yeah. I oh yeah. The women's college basketball got a higher number than the World Series did. Well, I, did across that. I, will, well, I will interject I will interject this with football and bring it back there. I said this on my show yesterday. Uh Monday I watched the Sixers game. I then flipped to your Jets game and in 10 minutes I said I'm not watching this product. The NFL this year, the NFL this year has been so bad, unwatchably bad with some of these teams. I think it's been that way for years. It has been. But this year, John, I feel like there's so many bad teams and they keep matching up against each other. And now the windows are spread so thin that you're getting a standalone game on Thursday. They give you the London game. Your one o'clock window has nothing to watch nothing and then at 425 you're hoping to get one game and then half the time the jets are on in prime time if it's not the jets it's the raiders if it's not the raiders it's the freaking bears i don't want the raiders ever on prime time nobody cares about the raiders anymore nobody cares ever about the raiders they got to stop feeding us the raiders 
They keep giving us Raiders. They got this week, you got Bears and Panthers. Well, that's where you get, you start getting to this time of the season and you have clearly defined awful teams and you got the schedule on Thursday night. Like who wants to watch this game? Who wants to watch the Bears Panthers if they're both eight and one? Nobody. Well, that Nobody I wants to see with. those two. That teams. I disagree with. Well, yeah. Chicago. If Chicago's eight Chicago, and one, that's, yeah, that's okay. a big deal. Chicago that's hasn't been deal. good ever. I, I, and since '85, the Bears have not been good. What television? Yeah, they had a couple been, runs. They had the Rex Grossman run. Well, uh, what TV executive <laughs> says, you know what? Prime time. Let me go with the Bears. They're going to be. Oh, everybody! The Bears are huge. The Bears have a, they have a pretty big national yeah. following, man. Yeah. I know they yeah. haven't been good. You're now, right. Yeah, you're right. You're right right now, they're a disaster. Play. I pick on them all the time, but that oh, is a marquee franchise. I I get the Jets thing. They thought they were getting Rodgers, and now they don't have them. That's painful to watch. Every. They're in the prime time every week, every game. They're on prime time. No, that, that, that's not true. I suffered through Jets Giants at one o'clock uh, two weeks ago. So that was not rough, not every week. Yeah. All right, they're on at the max amount of You're time. You're right. I agree with you. It's a bad product overall. I agree. I've been talking about that for years. Yeah, they're the only television product that is not declining. Every yeah. other one is. Except oh, for the NFL. Yeah. So you can pitch him on all you want, Gil. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Goodell oh. laughs at you as he cleans yeah. the stuff out of know. his eye. And guess what? Gill. Guess what? They're gonna add they're gonna add teams in Germany and London and so that they can have a nine thirty game every single week so that they can get more money from Apple or Hulu or somebody to stream that game every Sunday at nine thirty. Yeah. You're probably right. I uh, but you diverted away. I wanted to get this point in because I want to keep people from looking stupid. Um, I, I watched women's college basketball season opener. LSU won the championship last year. Did this unbelievable number. Got beat in their opening game by Colorado. Yeah. And people, when Deion Sanders won his first game, had Coach Prime in the college football playoffs. Oh, oh my God, the How's job that he's done. It's, yeah. it's historic. When, it's iconic what Coach Prime has done. He's lost, lost five of his last six games or whatever ridiculous number it is. Don't do that with the women's basketball. Don't be stupid enough to, oh, Colorado's now going to make a run. No, they jumped up and they surprised the national champion in game one. Yeah, so did your football team and then fell off the face of the earth. So don't make that stupid mistake. And one quick jet note. Zach Wilson is not only going to get himself out of the league, he's going to get Robert Sal out of the league, and he's going to get Eagle underling Joe Douglas run out of the league too because they refuse to admit the guy sucks. Never, can, ever can did anyone Nathaniel ever say he defends like Sirianni defends some of his players. Salah does this every week. You watch it. We're stuck watching him in prime time. I watch every single snap. He stinks. Terrible. By the way, we're, say, I can't believe this. We're 30 ma- 38 minutes into the show. We haven't mentioned Carson Wentz's back. I think Carson Wentz Carson might be Wentz should be on the goddamn Jets. Yes, I don't get it. Zach Wilson. Yeah. The, 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 the mindset is fascinating to me, John, Jody. It is fascinating that you are employed by an NFL team. You know how many people watching this or just walking around would yearn for the opportunity to say, I am going to sign Tommy DeVito and actually start him. You're telling me you can't make a phone call to a guy at the grocery store 
that used to throw that has more ability to actually get a play call that's a pass than Tommy DeVito. It's amazing to me where they find some of these guys to play that position. And yet Carson Wentz, who, listen, I know everybody in this town laughs. You're telling me that Carson Wentz isn't more equipped to play quarterback than Tommy DeVito is. Or any guy the Jets are throwing out. It's un... I don't know how you live with yourself saying we are going to take that position and find the shittiest guy we can find and put him there. <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you two reasons why that might that might change Mike going forward and it's an excellent point you're making. Josh Dobbs. Cuz they do they get these guys and they think, "Oh, they were there in camp. They've been with us. They've been sitting in the meetings. That's the reason why they and then they watch him actually go out in the field go, "Oh, shoot. They can't do what we're asking them to do." Uh, you go get Josh Dobbs, you give him about 20 minutes to get ready, goes out, wins a game for the Minnesota Vikings. So yeah. I think there's a better chance going forward that the NF teams will go, yeah, maybe we should worry more about talent level than how long he's been in the building with us and sitting in meetings and the like. If he can't play, can't play. And he's not going to get better because we're running him through. Yeah, I meetings. think, you know, in a weird way, I think the Josh Dobbs things kind of hurts coaches a little bit because – it kind of exposed that it's not, uh, you know, he's a rocket scientist, but it, it's not rocket science because, um, you know, he, he didn't take one rep with the offense, not one rep. No. And he went out and won an NFL game just by making plays. And by the you know, way, Josh Dobbs isn't any good either, but he's good enough to just yeah. get you through a game no. because he has NFL talent. Is he a starting yeah. quarterback week to week? No. But he at least has NFL ability. Yeah, I'm with you. You can't throw Tommy DeVito out there. Now, Zach Wilson, I mean, look, the Jets aren't the only team that likes Zach Wilson. So this... this oh, listen, Zach this Wilson... Is, John, 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 ask me how much I care about that. that no, I know you like don't. I, I, that's Zero. not my point. And that's anyone it. who has any emotion toward the New York Jets should care. Zero, Zero about listen. the fact that other teams like them. Who that's not my point. The my point is, and they continue to defend that him, is not and they continue my point. to put him out there, and he stinks on ice. My point is, Mike yeah. brought up Tommy DeVito, that Tommy DeVito, who doesn't have NFL-level talent. None. Um, that's, that, to me, is different. That's uh, like like Ben DiNucci. You get Ben DiNucci yeah, in an ben NFL DiNucci, game. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Tommy DeVito. Wilson at least has NFL arm, NFL Arm strength, like he has some NFL talent. Their offensive line's a disaster. So I'll, a I'll ask both of you: Why didn't the Jets go get Josh Dobbs? That's a great question. Yeah, well, they don't want to. You know, that's that's the uh, difficult part of it from a GM's perspective. We talk about it all the time. When you draft a guy, especially at that position, when you draft a guy that high, you're kind of hitched to him. Um, really, San and, Francisco hitched to Trey Lance. They 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 weren't, and I give Kyle a Shanahan, organization. Yeah, they, you know, Kyle Shanahan's got a, a bigger rope. John Lynch has got a bigger rope. Like if you're if you're Joe Douglas, you can't do that. You can't do that. Yeah, but he's if you're Ryan Pole, the rope he's using. That, but that's something to talk about with the owner and and how owners do business and you know there are certain guys for years it was Belichick and even he's got a shelf life it seems um, there are certain guys here with Howie Roseman obviously 
uh, who have longer rope. And I talk about it all the time on this show, Jody and, and, and Mike. Howie's one of, one of the big advantages, How Howie's great at his job, but he does have a big advantage in that he can afford to make mistakes. True. Other guys can't afford to make big mistakes yeah. or they're shown the door immediately. Well, the most amazing thing to me is two things. One, I don't understand how somebody drafts a player and then consistently they make a mistake and then consistently keep making the mistake. Instead of getting out in front of it and saying, I made a mistake, gaining like the, the respect Francisco of the fans. Exactly right. And hey, I, we made a mistake. We're going to move on. Instead of, you know what? You know what? There. I will say this about San Francisco. If Brock Purdy didn't turn into Brock Purdy and won 13 straight games or whatever he won before he lost, um, they would have stuck with Trey Lance. And they would have, if in other words, if they didn't hit the lottery and win a bunch of games with a seventh round pick, they would have said, Oh, we gotta we gotta keep going back to Trey. We gotta keep we gotta well, get I wonder if part of their mindset is they were winning games with a guy like Garoppolo, who's a nice player, not a special talent. And can afford to themselves say we might get this quarterback at such a market value under market value price, and he's getting the job done. Let's just stick with them instead of, you know what I mean? Like they have the ability to do that because it has shown that they've been able to win with a lesser talented guy. Yeah, but I'm telling you, Joe. Here's the other story, by the way. You guys mentioned Roseman. I tweeted this out the other night. Some guy came up to me and he said, "You know what, Mike Gill." I got to say something to you. You have always been a Howie Roseman guy. So good job by you. I said, yeah, thanks, man. And I said, so I thought about this. Howie Roseman got embarrassed. He got humiliated, right? He got sent down the hallway and has never held it against this organization. Never held it against the fans. Well, my point is this. Yeah, trust he, me. At, at any point, he could have said, Mr. Lori, you embarrassed me. How he likes to spike the football. I guarantee you, in, in the time that he was gone, if the New York Jets, you know, for instance, that was his team growing up, um, if they called, he would have left. Why he was Bang. gone. But now that he's left. back, he had every opportunity to say, you know what you did to me five years ago? I'm out of here. And him running down the sideline the other night, I thought about that. Got to get an offer now. Okay. If he got an offer, he would have been out. He would have been out. He would have been out the door. Right. Well, you, don't, offer, you, do, you, you don't. You don't know, Mike, that any team has ever reached out and uh, now off the record. He, he, he also said, "Howie, we need you come take over our franchise." We just don't know that that conversation's ever yeah. been had. Which is amazing. You're giving, you're giving him credit for something you don't know has ever happened. Which and is by amazing the way, that nobody has reached out and tried to pluck him away, saying, "Yo, you know what that organization did to you? You don't remember what they did to you?" And well, Jeffrey also gave him a raise uh, and and said, "You know, wink, wink. Let's see how this works out." I, I, it wasn't. It wasn't that cut and dry. He got a raise. The only guy who got who got a raise to to move to the other side of the building. Take a demotion. Yeah, (laughs) it's Um, an amazing. Just saying. Think about him running down the sidelines against the Cowboys the other night, and think about where he was and what happened to him. And I thought to myself, this guy could leave at any time. He is widely regarded now as the best guy in this league, and it's not close. 
and and can I say something about I, I want to say he wants. I want to say something about Joe Douglas real quick because I freely admit I love Joe Douglas. Awesome dude. Uh he has built one hell of a roster you know, with the New York Jets. Everything else they have is ready to go. Well, the offensive line is not ready to go. But he's done a good job rebuilding that roster. But when you miss on the quarterback, cost you your job. Yeah, everything else. And the fact that they keep doubling down on this guy and defending this guy, that's what I'm talking about, John. I I, I like Joe Douglas. I I even like Salah as a guy. I'm still not sure how I don't like Salah. But But I I like him as a guy. They're both dead men walking because they continue to put him out there and continue to defend him on a week-in, week-out basis. With anybody who watches them play and you go, wow, this guy is bad. How is he continuing to go out there as their quarterback? How did they not go out and get Josh Dobbs? Uh, Mike brought up Tommy DeVito. Tim Boyle is their backup quarterback. They keep activating him week in and week out. They got Trevor Simeon on the practice squad. They don't want to activate him because the the crowd will know and go, Trevor, Trevor, Trevor. Because they want Zach the hell out of there. And both the general manager and the coach continue to stick to their guns about that quarterback, and it's going to cost them both their jobs. Mark my words. That'll be interesting. Hey, because it's funny. We were doing this on Monday looking at the coach of the year um, odds, and Salah's in there. I mean, the fact that they have four wins with Zach Wilson, you know, the team, as you mentioned, they're, that that defense is Super Bowl-level good. Like, they can win the Super Bowl because that defense is that good. In fact, I thought the Jets were going to the Super Bowl this year with Rodgers. I thought they were that good. Now, the fact is their offensive line stinks. How much does that affect Wilson? Who knows? He can't play. You've got to obviously say everybody's watching this kid and this team. Look, if Jalen Hurts was struggling to this extent, you know, the Eagles have a veteran player in Marcus Mariota that they could like the Jets. If they had a Mariota could say, all right, he can get us to nine and eight and get us into the playoffs. It's unbelievable to me that they allowed it to get to this point when you have a 38-year-old starting quarterback. Now, I know they're in a tough spot because they drafted the kid number two. You can't just cut him. But at this point, now that he's the guy, you can bench him. That's the stubbornness that I just don't understand. Exactly. And one more quick note, and then we'll get to the Eagles. I promise, Eagle fans. Um, Pretty good source tied to the Jets told me the main reason that Zach Wilson was retained to be the backup quarterback of the Jets this year was Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers Munster. liked yeah. him and yeah. thought he could take him under his wing and teach him and make him a better guy. Well, you can't if you can't walk. I know he's out there throwing passes before games, but he's not there every day watching. By the way, that drives me crazy as well. He's not close to coming back. He torn his Achilles. Everybody can walk. He can throw the ball 50 yards in his sleep without his legs. He's not close to coming no. back. But by the way, it's another example of not letting players dictate and be GMs because yeah, he's Aaron Rodgers. They needed him desperately. They were going to do whatever. I know, but it's again, it's another example for fans who think that just because you play or played that, you know, more than everybody. That's this true. Is another example of players being too close to some of these guys and, and not having an idea of, this guy. Oh, yeah. That had been going on in Green Bay for years. He wanted to keep guys, and the Packers were like, this guy's not that good. And, you know, you have this head butting of the heads. And, yeah. Uh, but, you know, you live with it with that kind of Hall of Fame talent. Um, yeah, it's gone bad. But uh, back to the Eagles. Um, 
We were talking about expectations, Mike. So we'll we'll throw that one at you. Uh, go back to week one. Your expectations uh, for this team versus the bye week have they risen? Have they gone down? Are they the same? Where are they? Well, then I think at the beginning of the year, Super Bowl team, you can't ever guarantee a Super Bowl or say this team is going to win the Super Bowl. But I think if they fall short of getting to that game again and giving themselves a chance to win it, you would be disappointed. And there's nothing that had happened this year that has changed that goal is this team has to get back to a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. I mean, if you get to a Super Bowl, is it a disappointment to lose the game? Sure. Is it a disappointing season? I don't think if you make the Super Bowl and lose, you're a disappointment. But I think the expectation is this team's a Super Bowl team. Um, nothing has happened. Other, the only thing that you would say But is, here's where I said. I said I didn't expect him. I, I said they were a Super Bowl contender. I knew they were going to be a really good team. But I thought it would get incrementally better. I thought they'd have some hiccups. Uh, because of the change of the coordinators, the five new defensive starters, yada, 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 all that stuff. I thought it was going to be more difficult. So at this stage, they're a little bit ahead of where I thought they would be. Yeah, and you're, you're. I think, though, they've been going through the speed bumps and winning at the same time. They are still incrementally kind of working their way, but their results have still been victories as opposed to working their way. And there's a hiccup here. They had the hiccup against the Jets, which was uncharacteristic. But I think what we're learning about this team that's different from last year, and that doesn't mean last year didn't have this uh, gene in them, but I think this year's team has this, if you want to beat us, you're going to have to take off the gloves and fight us. We will scrap with you, Miami, and you don't want to scrap with us. And Miami said, no, we don't. You got us. Same with Dallas. I mean, in the end, Dallas went toe-to-toe with you, but they don't have the knockout punch to beat you yet. They that's we talked about it last week. What's the difference between the two teams? The attention to detail, the the mental tough situational football right. that, they lack that area. Yep. Dallas lacks the, the, the attention to detail to step out of bounds of the two-point conversion, to not spike the football, to take a delay of the game penalty. The, the tight end, you can say, well, Blanket Chip got there a little early. Okay, by by any means, by the way, any NFL fan should not want that to be called pass interference. The guy caught the freaking ball, whether there was a guy kind of tagging. The guy ran the route short. That's what happened. He ran the route short, and he got tackled short of the goal line. If he runs the route, it doesn't matter that Blanket Chip was hanging on his back. If he caught the ball, he would have been in the end zone, but he wasn't. The lack of attention to detail. So the Eagles say, if you want to beat us, you are going to have to get out of your comfort zone. And that's who they are right now. And there's not a lot of teams that I can think of that want to get out of their comfort zone. The teams want to win their style. They don't want to win the Eagles style. And they're one of the very, very few. I can't, I mean, the Bengals, I think are a good team down the road. Kansas city. We know is pretty solid. Ravens. The Ravens are a team that might want to, I was going to say the Ravens are the one team that might want to play where they stand in the cage with you and go, Let's go. Let's scrap. Agreed on all fronts there. Uh, the Ravens are playing damn good football right now. Uh, I I gave a uh, Ruben uh, Frank stat earlier about the Eagles not blowing anybody out, uh, win by 14-plus points in any given game. The only team in the last 23 years to be 8-0 or 9-0 or 8-1 and not have a blowout victory on their resume. And I asked John what he thought that meant of, uh, from it. 
more particularly to the Philadelphia Eagles stat here. And I looked this one up myself last night. Um, last year's season, including three playoff games, uh, which includes the Super Bowl, of course, 17 games and three playoff games. How many times do you think Jalen Hurts rushed for 50 or more yards in 20 games last year, Michael? Um, man, that's a good question. Probably six. How about eight? Okay. Yeah. Eight games of over 50 yards. Well, we're nine games into the season. So if they play 20 again, we're almost to the halfway mark if they go to the Super Bowl. How many times did Jalen Hurts run for over 50 yards? Maybe one. Once. Yeah. So he's just not running. Now we can chalk it up to the injury of late for sure. He doesn't want to talk about it. We can all see that the knee is bothering him and they admit that he's got a knee issue. But even prior to that, he just wasn't running with the reckless abandon that he did last year. Was it a team decision? Was it a Jalen decision? Does that really even matter? He's just not doing it. And part of the effectiveness of the Eagles last year, the Miles Sanders led running game, was Jalen Hurts because he keeps the defense honest. Let's say these 13 days, whatever it is, uh, to give him a major reprieve and his knee is better and he doesn't re-injure it going forward. Is the return of Jalen, the 50-plus yard runner, ever going to come this year for the Philadelphia Eagles? Oh, man, that's a good question because it's like, is he not doing it because of the injury? Did that is that factored into why he has kind of reeled it back in? Do you take Sirianni for his word and said, well, that's why he made the money. That's what made Jalen Jalen. Well, you're not using him the same way. That's evident. You just mapped out the stats. So have they actually reeled him back? I think this stretch of five games will be interesting to see where that knee is when he comes out. And then you're, you're playing a stretch of games where really you can seal this this uh, number one seed. If you can get through these five games, you can pretty much put it out of reach. So I, I don't have any evidence to say, yeah, all of a sudden he's going to start being the Jalen Hurts that we saw last year. But will the playoffs, when they get to the playoff level, will then the inhibitions kind of go out the window? That's where I yeah. think I'm kind of intrigued. I think that was the plan. Right. Uh, to say, said, hey, yeah. if they're like the other day, it's third and seven, I guess it was. This is in that fourth quarter stretch of just awful offense. He takes off and, you know, it goes to third. No, it's second and eight. He runs for five yards. It's third and three. You know, last year, I feel like he would have lowered himself. And well, I think there are two different points to it. I think early in the season, it's different than right now. Right now, he's not doing it because he's hurt. Right. Uh, early yes. in the season, um, yeah, he was scaled back. He was, whether it was, he was still Eagles. trepidatious about yeah. last year, he's getting that first down. And this year, it's and then they end up throwing that pass down the sideline, which of which I said, you know, you've got the best offensive line. You've already shown on your own 30-yard line you're going to go for it to get the yard. Now, you might say they might not go for it this time around because if you give Dallas the ball, they're on the 30-some yard line with a chance to win the game. But if you run the ball and it's third and three, you get two yards, you got that tush push. He always says it's first and nine. <clears throat> yeah. They threw that ball, and that to me is kind of like I, – I just think they need the threat back. They need the threat. Yep. I don't even care about the number. Yes. I don't care about the number. If they have the threat – DeAndre Swift turns back into what most fans think he is. Um, without a, the threat, definitely. he's just a guy. 
running the football. Yeah, because this um, offensive run game is not a traditional run game of, hey, no. we're going to turn around. It's very predicated on Hurts being a part of the run game. Well, he's not. So he's hurting everybody else's ability to do things. I, I would ask you guys, Goddard's out. Do they keep in the tight end to help block a little bit more and try to help that run game get going? Yeah, Stahl's going to be playing. That's what Stahl does best. Yeah, I mean, Stahl, but, but I, I just don't think they can run the ball traditionally. Right, well, just no, adding man. another, because now you're almost saying, I don't really need the tight end to be a part of the, the route tree. What will just keep him kind of in? I mean, you want Goddard to be a part of the route tree. Now, Goddard's a very good blocker, too, by the way, but a lot of times you don't want to, I don't want to say no, you want him, him yeah, in you that role, but now yeah. you don't really care if Jack Stoll is not going out for a pass or not. In some ways, it makes it e easier because the Eagles want to be uh, an 11 personnel team, and now they only have one tight end, so they don't have to worry about it. They can just play big Albert three receivers. Big Albert um, Obi coming up next week. Julio Jones, empty sets. That's what they want to do anyway. Jordan Matthews getting a tight end job. And yeah. speaking of threat, the return of Quez is imminent. The threat of Quez stretching the defense. Oh, my God. Watch the Eagle take off. They the did. Eagles By the way, the Eagles off. mentioned when they were talking at the trade deadline, the Eagles did mention uh, Quez. that the, They have a bit of a roster crunch coming up. Uh, and obviously, Cam Jurgens. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. They already put Julio on Justin Evans, and they mentioned Quez Watkins. That's just for you, Jody. Yeah, the threat. Uh, uh, you know I agree wholeheartedly with you on the Jalen threat. If he's not part of the threat, the Eagle running game just doesn't run as effectively. When I say the running game, I'm not even talking Jalen himself. I'm talking the running backs. 
the yeah. threat of Quez Watkins as imagined by Nick Sirianni. Yeah, sorry, coach. I'm just not buying. All right, so uh, no football, no Eagles football. And you're bad-mouthing the NFL product up and down, Gil. What the hell are you doing at 1 o'clock on Sunday? I haven't looked at the uh, college basketball schedule yet. I know um, the Sixers played last what? Saturday. Now, Mike Gill's going to be betting on Monmouth against uh, whoever they're playing. What happened to my guy Kelly Oubre in that last game? I had him as a top 10 player of the NBA until that last game. Hey, that's the thing with the Sixers, man. They don't need Oubre to score 20 every night. They I, got need other guys I need him to score 20. Yeah. Oh, well, guess what? Him. He wrecked my nine-legger. He was the one guy that didn't show up. I would have not been sitting here. I would have had a nice piece of uh, change sitting on a beat somewhere had he scored <laughs> what, what, 17 what and a the, half or more. I was going to say, what was the Kelly Oubre over-under number? Over-under 17 and a half. Oh, you got sucked yeah. in by those first couple of games. There. By the way, there is a good one o'clock. San Francisco-Jacksonville. Yeah, San Francisco-Jacksonville is the yeah. game we have on the radio. I mm-hmm. know that game's on there. Uh, I know the Giants play uh, Dallas uh, this week. Yeah, that's, that's a bad game. I didn't look at the schedule. On Wednesdays, I do a segment where I look at the schedule for the first Giants game. are the worst team in football, by the way. They're worst really bad. Football. They're really bad. The Giants, it's amazing. I was talking about this yesterday. Last year, they finally get a taste. They're 9-8. and eight. They win a playoff game. You feel like, okay. Worst finally. thing that happened to them. And then worst this. thing that happened to them. And the then the, and, and guys like Mike Gill are not even giving them enough credit. Giants were 9-7-1 and one last year, Gil. They did not lose eight games. They had that all-important tie yeah. that got them to 9-7 and seven, that made them think they were better than they were even yeah. before they got to Minnesota. And then they just kind of wrote off the fact that the Eagles crushed. Uh, maybe Tommy DeVito turns it around. Don Bosco preps own Tommy DeVito. Uh, not, that's like the Ben DiNucci thing. It was like somebody in the Giants organization's Brother, the coach at yeah, that high school. They went school. To, to, to a Don Bosco prep game back in the day. It's like St. Joe's prep here. Um, you know, well, you know who I'd like to see play for the Giants? Chris Sims. He's another jer- high school jersey star quarterback. Get him out there. Get killed. There's a great spot. There's a great spot in this new USFL XFL merger for the Tommy DeVitos of the world. And quite frankly, I'm not sure he's starting in that league either. Hey, be careful, bad mouth in the USFL, because I did that about the cowboy kicker. And the guy has no I like the kicker. I like the spring football, and I've been saying merge the two. I'm actually yeah, one league, one league. I I'm like just spring football. Too, that they, they are only taking 12 teams, they're not including all the cities. Yeah, but that's uh, the, the the rock is not giving up his piece. So the XFL is good. The USFL is going to sell. I think it's an eight four game. split. I think there's eight, eight XFL yeah. teams and four USFL teams. I think it's the opposite. I think it's What's all the other eight. One? Yeah, I think it's four XFL, eight USFL. Oh. Yeah, um, rock, rock's not going to be happy about that. And by he, the way, <clears> he wants to keep his fingers in that pot. I, I think Rock wants to get the hell away from it. You think stop so? Yes. Yeah, I think he, he loves doing those spots on Sports Center yeah. and well, with the guys and yeah. I don't think he likes live their I, dream and stuff like that. that. Rock eats that crap up. I don't think he likes losing money. He, he <laughs> remembers when he had seven bucks in his pocket. Uh, I don't think he likes. Yeah. Oh money. wait, we we need to start a GoFundMe page for the Rock. Yeah. I don't think so. Well, that's the thing about rich people—they don't like losing money when it starts happening. You know, yeah. I I uh, we'll see how that uh, merger goes. I right, Mike uh, Mike Gill, 
thank you for putting up with my getting off on a tangent for a before you got on and then b with the jets when we're on here uh you handled it well my friend uh, we will talk to you again next week. Go Tigers. That's Princeton I'm talking about. Go Tigers. At Mike Gill Show on X, uh, 97.3, the Sports Bash. I'll be on there later, I think. If you didn't get enough of Mike Gill and John McMullen and you want to get the interloper Jody McDonald out of it, you got to listen to Mike Gill's show this afternoon on 97.3. Do it. Thanks, Mike. Do it. Appreciate it. See you guys. All right. McMullen and McDonald, Mac and Mac coming back. Uh, we've got Brooks Cabina. The new Eagles beat reporter for The Athletic. Johnny Mack was able to wrangle him yesterday. Never had him on the show before. Looking to looking forward to getting his thing. Yeah, welcome him. Be nice, people of Philadelphia. Yeah. Oh, you think the, the guys on the stream are going to? Because he's a newbie. I, gonna I have no idea. Yeah. yeah, they like Gil on the stream. Nobody ever badmouths him. They badmouth me. To a lesser extent, they badmouthed you. They never, they like Gil. He's a popular guy. Maybe it's the T-shirts. I got a plain black T-shirt. Maybe I got to get a college T-shirt. All right, Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac, coming back. We still got plenty of birds 365 coming your way. own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Win and save this baseball season from Colony Pools and Power Washing, a local company serving Delaware, Delco, and Chester County since 1970. Are you tired of looking at your greenhouse? Is your roof, siding, deck stained green from algae and mold? Let the experts pressure wash your home and take the pressure off of you. Win with Colony Pools and Power Washing. Call them now at 302-762-2250. That's 302-762-2250.
E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. McMullen and McDonald here with you on Birds 365. We still got uh, 50 minutes left to rock and roll. Hope to punch up a, a new guest here. We have not had him on as part of the show before. Um, we're going to uh, get him up here. Waiting a bunch of men here. Don't know what the issue is, but uh, Brooks Cabino covers the Eagles now. Yeah, let's Eagles. punch him in early, Xander. There we go, Brooks. Hey, what's Welcome. going on? Oh Welcome. shoot, that's right. What am I? It's my bad. I'm going to a uh, going out of order of the breaks here and everything. But as long as we got Brooks, yeah. we might as well punch him up. Thank you for that, Xander. Uh, I apologize, uh, Brooks. Here's the first question I have for you. Yeah. Has John McMullen spilled coffee on you yet? Since you, <laughs> since you made it to the beat, have you have you had an incident with John McMullen coffee, in the press I box? I call it the incident once, Brooks, once in my life. I spilled coffee in the press box. And by the way, it was all uh, friendly fire to me. It didn't affect anybody else. But Jody will never let me forget nope. it. Uh, well, then I guess I just but, haven't but, been but, And I wasn't there, either. but come on. Uh, Kratz throws you One time. Page. Yeah, your your Delaware guy. Just understand that if you make one mistake, you will never hear the end of it. That's Birds 365. We both cling to each other's mistakes all the time. Uh, But we're not going to do that to you, Brooks, because we're very much looking forward to talking to you. Thanks for jumping on today. Uh, Johnny asked you to come on the show. Thank you for saying yes. I would have asked you to come on the show. Rick Saratella uh, suggests, hey, you got to get Brooks on. He's very good. And I said, yeah, send me his number, and I'll reach out to him. And Saratella just never sent me your number. So if you're wondering why you had to wait to get on Birds 365, blame Rick Saratella, not me or John, okay? All right, yeah. No, I, I need to I need to hit Rick up. I know we're neighbors now. It's been a couple of years uh, since uh, we really, we've really been able to hang out, really. So it's it's it's. I'll hope, hopefully he's not the one to spill coffee on people either. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we're also uh, now – we're also uh, John McClain, John, a uh, friend of the show yeah. as well. So uh, Brooks comes from Houston, for those who don't know. So um, uh, old Houston Texans uh, action reporter, Tamika Ryan's uh, old friend here in Philadelphia. But yeah, we're an Eagles show, so we'll keep it there. Um, you've only been here for a few weeks. What, what what are your first impressions of Nick Sirianni, this organization and, and what they're doing right now? Yeah. I mean, watching Sunday's game, I think was a, a really good introduction to what this team has been through this season. Um, I mean, watching them go up and see the strength of their offense uh, through Jalen hurts, but also see some of the weakness um, on the defensive side. They've, you know, struggled with Ovante Maddox gone in the slot and seeing C.D. Lamb put up almost 200 yards and, and uh, you know, trying trying to make things work on that end. And then for them to still find a way to win, that seems to be a part of what this Eagles team has done over the over the season. Uh, leading into the week, I rewatched every game to try and get a sense of where this team was. And it seemed like games like the Commanders, games like the Vikings, there's there's that that's kind of how the season's gone for for them so far. And getting into the locker room, you know, I covered the Texans for three seasons. Um, that was a team that was constantly rebuilding, trying to build an identity that we're starting to see now. Sunday's game is kind of a fun game between average teams, the Texans taking off and winning that one late against the Buccaneers. But um, this locker room, you see the sense of 
uh, people who have full confidence in themselves and what they're about and where they're going. And, uh, you know, that's that, that there's a difference in that from team to team. And uh, from Sirianni, uh, seeing him a couple of times, getting a chance to introduce myself to him, another coach who has confidence in what he's doing and how he calls games, where he's at, and his openness in, um, in, in, in talking about some parts of what they were trying to accomplish. And, um, you know, every coach in, that I've ever covered is not always going to talk about injuries. So that's nothing new to yeah. me. Uh, Jalen Hurts and how he's handled that, too is no surprise to me either, but you just see a team that has that confidence in itself. And um, it's, it's interesting after the game, I went up and I talked to a bunch of players about like, Hey, are you, you guys are just used to stressful games. And um, AJ Brown was the funniest about it. He's like, yeah, man, it's, it's, it, it's got my nerves, man. Like they, they want to win in a different way. And uh, I think there are key pieces to that in the second half of the season to where they might be able to change that getting Bradley Roby back. Uh, he's, said on Twitter that uh, responding to a fan that he'd be back after the bye. So having him there at nickel safety might do some help there. He played pretty well in the two games that he was there. So um, still have tons to learn about this team. I'm doing that every day, just a little bit, uh, a little push every day to try and uh, uh, get better on this. So um, it's, it's been, it's been enjoy and, and I've enjoyed it so far. Let's uh, take a step back here. You mentioned you did the Texans for a while. Were you there in 2020? When Deshaun Watson had his superior year, I was not. I was uh, covering LSU. At the time. I, was covering... I wanted to see if you could comp Deshaun Watson. I know nobody wants to comp anybody Deshaun Watson because of things off the football field. And oh, by the way, he's only been okay since he got back on the football field. But in 2020, he was right there with any other good young quarterback in the National Football League, and. That's why the Cleveland Browns were willing to go to the links they went to to acquire him. I was wondering if there was a comp there between Sean Watson, the Sean Watson, where he's at. And this would be a relatively similar place in his career for Jalen Hurts. Um, if, if you didn't see Deshaun that year, then uh, forget my question. All right, so, so you're getting to know the Eagles. You're getting to know the guys. You're getting to know uh, everything about this organization. How about the fans? Yeah. You've also been in other NFL stadiums. You're seeing how the fans react uh, both when the games are ongoing and when the games aren't ongoing. What do you think about the Philadelphia Eagle fan base? Yeah, it's it's been really interesting and, and exciting in the city because I, I showed up. Let's see. Um, and I can see I got all this light on my face. I'm going to move over this way. But, um, you know, it's it, when I first got here, uh, the Phillies had just exited the playoffs and it was like a morgue the first day walking around <laughs> like somebody just killed their dog. Yeah. And it was immediate transition from Phillies to Eagles. Uh, it was uh, seeing, I went for a run. I, I, I live in town whenever I, I wanted to move up quick. I, I accepted the job and wrote my last story for the Houston Chronicle and got up here within 10 days. So drive drove 30 hours across the country and uh, I wanted to make that transition quick. So I'm actually living with a couple of locals um and uh really wanted to get ingrained to the city get to understand it get to see it and they without them i'd be lost uh but we showed show me around all the sites and it seemed like everybody's talking about the eagles everybody's wearing a shirt a hat like pants even um i went sunday morning i uh woke up and 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 they were downstairs and their neighbors came over and they were wearing their eagles gear someone knocked on the door opened up though it wasn't hello good morning it was go birds go birds 
it was everybody does that and it, and i was went for another run that morning and everybody's talking about them and i had a i went to a bar on a sunday night a couple of sundays ago uh whenever i finally got into town and um you know sometimes you don't sometimes when somebody asks you what you do in the media business you'll probably get this you sometimes you say accountant so you don't have to say anything else yes yes <laughs> Often. Uh, but Often. I, I was like yeah I'm, I'm new to town and uh, i'm covering the eagles and they're like oh yeah. everybody in the bar you're not, you're not leaving that, that no, table bro but question what, number 476 yeah. before you go yeah. right right exactly and uh but the, the sense that everybody uh, got to me and like a lot of people have actually reached out uh, through Twitter, uh, through DMs and some of the comment sections on my introduction article. Um, the, the passions there, uh, they're very like people want sincerity. Um, and I try to be that. And whenever I was responding to some people, they were like, hey, look, Philly, Philly people, they're they're tough up front. But once you're in, you're in for life. So I, I can see how, uh, you know, I went walk the tailgate before the game on Sunday and um, it's, it's, it's a really energized, uh, a group. So like, obviously the Eagles are good. Times are good, uh, going from the Phillies to the Eagles. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it's a city that I've always kept an eye on my whole life. So it's, it's really fun to get a chance to live here, to cover this team. And I know the more that I get to know Philly, the more I get to know <clears> the Eagles, because I really believe uh, a team is intrinsically tied to the identity of its city and vice versa. So, um, uh, it's only been a week and a half, but the more I, the more I get into these things, I, I, I really hope to know more about it. Yeah. Uh, big four for four city. That's a big thing here, Brooks. So even the athletes, I, I playfully called Nick Sirianni, the pander in chief. <laughs> he, he had the Philly shirt on it is. Zoom this week. Um, yeah. Uh, it's a very passionate sports city as you have quickly gotten to see and the eagles are the top dogs uh always number one football city first and foremost and they've been on quite a two season run here 27 consecutive regular season weeks we're at they've had either the best record in the nfl or tied for the best record but this season brooks the style points haven't been there um and some people are disappointed. How do you get disappointed, do you think, uh, over an 8-1 and one team in a league kind of defined by parity? And you've been around a team, a rebuilding team. Well, it's it's about relativity, right? It, uh, the If you have expectations, are things meeting your expectations? So covering the Texans, uh, before that I covered LSU. Um, and LSU, I covered them when they won the national championship with Joe Burrow. And the year after that, wherever things – went very poorly on the field uh people's fan bases expectations change whenever you're going through a rebuild sometimes people go into protective dormancy and say you know what i'll turn on whenever i don't have to hit my head against the wall um and then whenever they're winning uh you start to see okay um i expect them to win and and the offense this year i feel has definitely uh, met the expectations and in some ways exceeded it i mean A.J. Brown's last month was absolutely amazing, and uh, it, it could be if uh, if it weren't for uh, Tyreek Hill, he'd probably lead the NFL and maybe get close to some of the records that are out there. Um, and Jalen Hurts, how he's worked through his knee injury the last couple of weeks, they, they've still been able to perform. I think it's the defense, really, where you start wondering, okay, well, 
Um, you, 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 uh, Jonathan Gannon moves on to a head coaching job. You bring in Sean Desai, who had uh, a great reputation and worked with Pete Carroll in Seattle, knew some of the players on staff, um, comes in and they've, they've been a middling defense in terms of a lot of the statistics and they have dealt with injuries, uh, but their pass rush is consistently getting to the quarterback and they haven't yet been able to capitalize on that fully. I think Sunday's game was just another way of replicating that. Uh, they got the Dak Prescott often, but they were uh, able to overcome long third downs, long, long second downs, still get into the goal line situations and score touchdowns. And, um, you know, when you when you see a team that's winning eight and one, yeah, they're winning. But I think every fan is sitting in there in their gut thinking, oh, is this going to be the time where they blow it? Uh, Dak Prescott's on our five. Is Josh Sweat always going to get? a sack in this situation. Say you're playing the Chiefs again in a couple of weeks. Is Pat Mahomes not going to capitalize on that situation? So I think every fan is going to have something inside where they're always thinking about the worst possible outcome. And the more I get to know Philly fans, it seems like that's part of their experience um, as a fan over the last however many how many years they've been watching this team. So uh, I think expectations change and until they're just dominating every play, which never fully happens. Never happens. So uh, it's it's not <clears throat> all that surprising. You could give us an interesting perspective on this because I know both my stance and John's stance on this one. Um, off the game last week and the way that it ended and the final score, everything, all included into one big pile. Watching a couple of the national talk shows and the like, I got a little of this on my WIP show. Well, they're talking about the Cowboys. The Cowboys lost. Why aren't they talking about the Eagles on a national television show? Disrespect to the Eagles. And I try to explain to them. It's not a disrespect of the Eagles. It's an overhyping of the Dallas Cowboys. And it's only been going on forever. So right. you finally caught up with, they're talking about the Dallas Cowboys more than they should have. Where the hell you been for the last 25 years? But that's the way the national media does things. Yeah. Well, what happened? What happened with that game? I've seen guys say, oh, you know, Dak showed that he can get it done in a big spot. I know he threw for a lot of yards. He put up some gaudy numbers. But then again, he got the ball at the six yard line with 20 seconds to go. And they actually went backwards. Yeah, that's Do you all feel that's... more confident or less confident about Dak Prescott after watching that game on Sunday? Well, you know, I haven't watched the Cowboys all that closely. Um, okay. You know, getting in, covering the Texans last year, they played the Cowboys, and I saw Dak Prescott drive the field for a game-winning touchdown against them. But then again, I mean, that was the Texans of last year who went 3-13-1. and won. So um, this year watching the Eagles, I've been studying mostly of them and, uh, seeing the Cowboys earlier this year, they've dominated in some spots. They've been dominated in others, namely the 49ers game. Um, you know, whenever you're a quarterback and you're, uh, you're, you're expected to push a team into a deep playoff run. I know the Cowboys fan base and the Cowboys themselves as an organization, they, they probably are sick and tired of hearing about people, saying, oh, they can't make that Super Bowl push. This isn't the 90s anymore. Dak's not the guy. No matter how much the organization has uh, you know, uh, invested in him and, and shown support for him, that the questions are still there. I, I mean, there's there's good things to being constantly uh, bloviated in the national media because people are talking about you, which means there's at least attention on what you're doing. But in the same sense that you were asking me earlier about uh, expectations from – the Eagles fan base. Well, 
you know, expectations from everybody, just constantly being in the light and never ultimately performing. That's, that's gotta be something tough to ignore as a player. So, um, you know, just in that game, you know, the, 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 from watching what Dak did throughout that game, there were situations where they had to constantly overcome a pass rush. That's very good. And they did that in key spots. They just didn't, you can't count on that to happen reliably. So, you know, parts of the offensive game plan for the Cowboys to be able to shore up their pass protection. That's the thing they take away going forward. They'll play the Eagles again later on this year. Are they able to shore up those things? Because just odds are they're going to get to you and they are going to keep you uh, to get off the field in one of those spots. So there are resiliencies that quarterback show. I thought Dak Prescott showed that plenty. C.D. Lamb, they found the ways to break through on those times and it stopped because on that sack with Josh Sweat, that's when Darius Slay moved inside and went on Lamb. Yeah. Um, and if, if the Eagles find a way to um, shore up that issue, what then do the Cowboys do in response? So I know that's kind of maybe maybe not the full answer uh, you were expecting, but like that's okay. that's kind of that's kind of how I, I look at that. And um, yeah, we'll we'll see how that works out later on in the season for him. Um, you mentioned uh, Slay moving inside, and that that was interesting to me, Brooks, because he doesn't play there often. Um, yeah. Obviously, the Eagles had a very difficult time dealing with C.D. Lamb, who's a very good receiver. Really, you know, you're throwing Eli Ricks in there, Sidney Brown, both rookie players. Every time they targeted them, they completed the football. When you see that from a coaching staff, is that positive that you're willing to be malleable in, in the biggest moment of a game, or are you kind of uh, a little bit in the other direction saying, well, what are we doing here? Because if you move Slay inside, that affects Eli Ricks as well because he's not used to playing outside, uh, at least in this particular game, and all of a sudden you're jumbling up at the biggest spot of the game. How do you sort of take that? Yeah, well, it's probably both. You're, you're sitting there in the situation. You're like, okay, well, at least I have my top guy being willing to do anything to win. Um, but Nick Sirianni said it himself earlier this week. There are ways in the defense that that's just not going to be sustainable long term. You don't have your best – one of your best defensive players who's supposed to be your lockdown guy on the outside edge trying to play slot. That's not the way a defense is, uh, is, is materialized. So – um, I think those things work out over time uh, if they are able to get, um, you know, the, to, to work Bradley Road be back in the lineup. Because I mean, I was, I, I was, I was talking uh, about this with, uh, you know, Sidney Brown, who's also played nickel this year, and yeah. he got he 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 got got a couple of times during that game too. Um, whenever Avante Maddox went down, they weren't expecting to play nickel this year. They've been working in at safety, so they had to make an adaptation. Obviously, it's been six games. To this point so you'd expect to see a little bit more results at this point uh but you're you're looking at the uh because i saw lots of comments on the story i wrote which had a lot to do with uh that matchup on sunday and people are like well why didn't they just do this earlier in the game this wasn't 98 percent of the game they they, they let uh cd lamb go all over them but um you know if, if eli ricks is is you have to have the question okay is eli ricks at corner and Darius Slay at nickel better than the alternative. And I don't think that's true whenever you look at the rest of the game uh, that they have on the schedule. You, you see, like, the Chiefs, the Bills, the 49ers, the Cowboys again. How many of those are 
three deep at wide receiver. Where 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 are the guys that are coming into the middle? Um, there are different ways um, that you can uh, work through a, a secondary and how they trade off, how they how they handle certain players. And there were times where Ricks thought that he had help outside. There was a play towards the end of towards the beginning of the fourth quarter. And I was talking to him. He said like, yeah, you know, he had did this uh, slant and go instead of a slant. And I thought I had help this way. That's the that's that's rookies. That's rookie mistakes. That's things that they're they're having to work with. And you have to understand as a defensive coach, too. And they know that I'm 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 barely anybody. Right. So like they 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 have to be able to support them in those situations, too. So, um, you know, uh, I over over. I mean, I I, I think uh, when whenever you have experience in Roby coming back, like he's going to he's going to know that those kind of situations aren't going to be as big of a problem. So um, uh, it, I don't. I don't think the Eagles want that to be a long-term thing where they're sitting there saying, "Okay, we need to move Slay inside to lock down a guy." But now that they know it's an option, if it's a full-on emergency, um, you, you know you've got one in the chamber. I uh, got to get an expectations look from you because you're a new guy. Just showed up. Uh, we yeah, I, I got I got all the projections. Yes, we have <laughs> preconceived notions certainly of the Eagles having followed them for years, decades, and the like. Eagles offensive line, mm-hmm. first impression. Brooks, what do you got? Well, Sunday was the first time I got to see the brotherly love, uh, the brotherly shove, I mean, shove, yeah, in person. And it's just, it's crazy to me. And I know I'm not the first; I'm probably like the three thousandth person to start talking about this. But like, you can use that to prevent a safety, convert a fourth down, third down. They did it within their own 30 uh, to start the game. Yep. You don't do that unless you know you, your offensive line is going to be able to get some push. I know they get a little bit more than that, but that's my first impression. Uh, the other is when I – the very first thing, I sat down and studied this team because the Texans, their offensive line has been just in shambles because of the injuries, the rotations, all that stuff. They've they've fielded a different lineup, and I was like, oh, look. Hey, that's what it's like to have a consistent lineup every week. I mean, that must be kind of nice. And I know they've, you know, that they've had to have some uh, a change at right guard recently. And Cam Jurgens practiced last week, and uh, it'd probably be the expectation that after a bye week that he'd be potentially back in the lineup. So just seeing seeing them in action, um, you know, there are going to get um, uh, the some the the players. Good defensive players get through good offensive line. Uh, Michael Parsons was a problem sometimes on Sunday. Yes, he and, was. Uh, talking mm-hmm. to Jordan Mailata, um, you know, part of part of having a good offensive line, I think some coaches are like, okay, well, they have experience, they have cohesion. Let's try a few different things. Uh, this specific game plan, uh, I know that they have good communication. They've been together for a long time, so maybe we can try this. Um, they had. Uh, there were several sacks. I think three three sacks in the first half on Jalen Hurts, including the one where he got hit on the knee. And I asked Jordan what happened in the second half, and he's just like, we just threw out the game plan in the first half and just made it simple. He's like, I'm just going to focus on Micah Parsons and, that's, and uh, blocking Micah Parsons, and everybody else, we're just going to simplify this. And the protection was much better. Uh, they, they scored two touchdowns to start the third quarter, and then the fourth quarter, I mean, they only had they had three drives and I think only about – 22 yards so that's a problem but um my impression was that they have enough um cohesion to try new things and also they're good enough to just say hey screw it we're gonna just make this simple and fix it so 
those are the things that are that make up a good offense because you don't have to you don't have to adapt your scheme in order to make up for the lacks and the timing that the quarterback's not going to have. So every team from college that I've covered to high school that I've covered, they all say we got to win in the trenches. Well, the Eagles have one of the best offensive lines. They have one of the best defensive lines. That's a large percentage of why they're eight and one right now. And it, with Josh Sweat winning the game. Um, in a lot of ways, um, that that's another proof of that as, as well. Um, when you got into sports, uh, covering sports, Brooks, did you ever think you would cover a center that is a legitimate superstar? And my wife, uh, by the way, we're 93 minutes into the show. I haven't mentioned it yet. Jason Kelsey, uh, runner-up for People Magazine's Sexiest Man of the Year yeah. award. Uh, that's the center of the Philadelphia Eagles. What, what's your first impressions of Jason Kelsey? Incredibly entertaining guy, charismatic. It's unbelievable. Well, you walk into a locker room and you're starting to understand uh, how the dynamic is, uh, how people talk. Um, you know, and uh, a mentor of mine told me sometimes the best thing to do is to go up and just see what they want to talk about. Um, but is that McLean? No, no. Uh, uh, but he, there was a lot of things I learned from him. Uh, but seeing how the whole media flocks to Jason Kelsey is respect in a lot of ways. And knowing that he's, uh, you know, he won is either insightful, a good quote or all or all the things that you get out of somebody. So I went up and I introduced myself a little bit. And um, but, um, you know, I it's not surprising to me that a center can have that impact because I've covered some really good centers over my time um, as a career, like starting even at LSU, Lloyd Cushenberry. I, I know I'm just saying names that people probably don't know very oh, well. I know Lloyd. Yeah. Uh, but he he was a guy that jumped into, had a really good personality, was a Baton Rouge kind of local guy. And um, that offensive line won uh, the award for best offensive line that year. So uh, the offensive line to me is they're always they're always a good the quote. most entertaining. Lane's, Lane's a great quote. Landon's yeah. Jordan's phenomenal. Uh, uh, Jordan Mylotta, as you've yeah. learned. Yeah, uh, I mean Mylotta has uh he's got a guitar and a banjo next oh, to his yeah. yeah, and uh, uh, we were talking about that for a little while. And I know they put out the Christmas album last year, and I'm wondering if there's going to be a second. There is. Oh, there is. It's already yeah. done. Uh, yeah, it's it's ready to be released. It. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, and uh, they they brought in brother Kelsey, which some Eagle fans aren't happy with, because oh, they're, okay. they're tapping into outside sources. It should have stayed just Eagle. That's the feedback I get on my radio talk show. Shame well, on them for well, going, bringing Travis in. Travis, you might as well go for the real musician in that relationship. That's so, what I said. I mean, if 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 he gets to bring in, yeah, uh, <laughs> guessing exactly. they're not going to be enough. able to convince her to do a song on the arm. But, are they going to be uh, serious about the music business or are they not going to be serious about the music yeah. business? Well, I, you know, by the way, in all seriousness, I mean, that's got to be tough for the Kelsey family because Taylor is a Eagles fan. She grew up in Reading. Uh, obviously, you got tra Travis. Got are you sure it still is, John? Well, no, I'm not sure it still is. That's what I mean. There's a lot of back and forth in that one. The, the annual now Kelsey Bowl. Uh, and, of course, Donna Kelsey has become a superstar in her own right. So a lot of Kelsey's coming up, uh, a lot of Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Uh, but, yeah, let's bring it back. All right. Uh, Brooks Cabina uh, covers the Eagles 
uh, for the athletic at B Kubina. We're we're saying that right, by the way. Are we? Are we? that's Kubina. Yeah, Kubina. Kubina. All right, because yeah. it could go a couple ways. So I want to make sure. Right. We get no, that right. Yes, that's good. Uh, it's, uh, it's check. So um, yeah, I, I should have checked right away. But you live and learn. Uh, Joe Burrow. You mentioned him earlier. Yeah. Um, did you know when you're covering Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow was going to be uh, Joe Burrow at the NFL level? Was that evident whenever he went into the draft i I, and i'm i don't like always saying like oh i knew this oh i did this you just kind of have a feeling and the things about the things that i had seen the things that i'd known the people i talked about the film that i'd watched all of that i was just like if he has the career that he had here he'll he'll be in the he'll, he'll be in the hall of fame because the way that he impacted lsu at the time you just have to understand that was a team that had been cycling through quarterbacks, searching for an answer. They had all of these athletes and talent that they were just felt like they weren't tapping into. And here came Joe Burrow into town who immediately won over the locker room. And I remember this 2018, they play Miami. It's a neutral site game at uh, AT&T Stadium in Dallas or Arlington. And Miami, that's a top 10 game at the time. Before the game even began, there was an on-field fracas. They all just kind of swarmed together, not really a fight, nobody's punching. They're just kind of shoving around. And then they the pile emerges, and in the middle, it's Joe Burrow putting up the L for LSU. And he was somehow in the middle of that, like your quarterback is in there. And that I think part of what um, quarterbacks have to do, leaders have to do, is what Joe Burrow like thought in his mind. He's like, I need to prove, to my, prove myself to people and then earn their trust, and then earn, and then, um, you know, things worked out that way. And he was uh, like that the entire time. Um, the combination of Joe Brady after the 2018 season. Yeah, Joe played, Brady was they, all the hype they in played the NFL. Texas A&M there. for yeah. seven overtimes. And uh, I remember that game was the wildest game I've ever covered. Uh, but that was the first time that the LSU actually started spreading out a lot of the receivers going – uh, less 12 personnel using, uh, you know, more up-tempo. And they went into the offseason saying, you know what, um, this may be what we need to do. Joe Brady was a no-name uh, staffer on the Saints who came in and did one presentation. And Ed Ogeron, uh, the coach at the time, and the rest of the staff was like, you know what, maybe we need to hire this guy. So they brought him in. And I, I had this conversation with Joe Brady before that summer, and it was about, protection because that was LSU's problem giving up sacks Joe Burrow had been hit a lot in 2018 and his idea was like and it may not be all that enlightening to some people but um he was like well the more receivers you get out of uh the offense if you if you use more off uh uh, if you use more pass catchers you're actually going to give your quarterback more protection because if you go five-man protection if you bring in a tight end a running back to chip you got seven guys you're not what what are what what is LSU's uh, uh, strengths? They have tons of wide receivers. They had Justin yeah. Jefferson, Terrace Marshall, Jamar Chase. Why are why are we not putting them all out all the time? Because if we get them in routes, they're going to find a way to get open. Burrow gets rid of the ball quicker. There's your pass protection. And Eagles use a lot of empty sets. Fans should pay attention to that because that's sort of their philosophy. Although they have a great offensive line, but correct me, I, I believe. Joe Burrow threw 60 touchdowns that year. Wasn't that the the national championship year? I think he was 
15 and 0 with 60 touchdowns. That might be the greatest college football season in history. It, I, it, I think it's hard to argue. I think it's the uh, it was tough to be hyperbolic writing about that team. I think it was the best college football team in history. I think uh, you think of when I, I know growing up in Texas and watching Texas USC in 2006, the Rose Bowl there, everybody talked about how much talent was on the field. The best group of talent in college football history, in my opinion, is whenever LSU and Alabama played together that year. Two on one side, Joe Burrow on the other, the wide receivers both teams had, the defenders both teams had. Um, I mean, it was just an incredible year. And then for the the Bengals to recognize, okay, same situation, kind of what I was saying here with Joe uh, Joe Brady talking about the offense. They were thinking of drafting Penay Sewell, an offensive lineman, um, offensive tackle to help <laughs> Burrow, who had gone out for the season with, with, with his ACL injury. But they instead went with Jamar Chase and then immediately went on that Super Bowl run. You yeah. add a pass catcher. You add someone who can get open and, and help out and alleviate those situations. Things work out in their favor. So, I mean, no one was no one was more competitive than Joe Burrow that I had seen at LSU. He would get pissed when people knew that uh, he lost a ping pong match. You know, like he, <laughs> he, he was uh, – I, I talked to several of his friends for a, a long story, and – they would play a video game at night. This is like in high school. And uh, no, they played Risk. They played Risk, I think it was. A game of Risk. Yeah. game of Risk. And he would lose. And they he'd, he'd set it up again. They'd be playing all night. I, I think that was the game. Uh, but it was they, they'd play all night. And they, some guy just said, you know, I don't even know who won. I went to bed. Um, and they, they there'd be moments when they're sitting out in the pool and he's just hitting the ball back and forth, and they'd spend the whole day because he wants to find out how many times they can hit it back and forth before it hits the water. They're like, Joe, like, can we do something else? <laughs> like, it, it was, it was a lot. Like, the little small things yeah. that make up for, like, the kind of, some people would say maybe too far in terms of how people dedicate themselves to the game or the competition level. That's sometimes what it takes. Someone who's got a little little bit of that um, mentality. So uh, the other the other thing about, how he was going in, in into the NFL was uh, right before the draft, uh, Peyton Manning reached out to him and uh, it was to see uh, he was going to, everybody knew he was going to go number one overall. It wasn't going to be any secret. Um, and Manning told him there's a reason why you're going number one. Um, the team there is not very good and you're going to struggle at first because Manning himself that year led the NFL and in interceptions got sacked a bunch. Yeah. And, Burrow's perspective going into there was pretty healthy. And, uh, you know, just knowing patience and working through that. I saw that a lot in C.J. Stroud, too, for the um, the games that I covered with the Texans this year. Yeah, he's having a great year, by the way. C.J. is doing – and last week, wow. Because uh, I, I think that's the thing. It's like Jalen Hurts, I haven't gotten to know him all that well yet, but I can see from the success that he's had. It takes a good team, right? But um, people who – are able to manage the outside expectations, but work comfortably within that. Like it doesn't mean you ignore it. You almost welcome it, but add it to what you have in yourself. And there's a, there's an easiness between how people interact with the players, their coaches. Like it comes from confidence in yourself. Um, and it, it comes off, it, it looks a lot easier um, than I think it is. And um, people, the, the three people that I've seen that, uh, well, two so far. I'm just assuming that with Jalen because of the sex he's had, uh, su- the success he's had, is uh, you know Joe Burrow and and uh, 
C.J. Stroud. So we'll see how this goes. All right. To add to Brooks' point about uh, that 2019 game between Alabama and LSU, I've got a brother-in-law who's an LSU grad. Now his kids go to LSU. They live in Baton Rouge. So it's uh, all Tigers all the time. Uh, that particular game, too, that first-round draft picks, quarterback Burrow and Tua, running backs Najee Harris, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, wide receivers Demar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, Justin Jefferson, others, Daryl Stingley, Jedrick Willis, Kavion Chason, Patrick yeah, Queen, Alex Leatherhead, Evan Neal. All first round picks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of in one, two teams on one field at the same time. How many first round picks is that? Unbelievable. Pick. And how many of those now are contributing in a huge way? Because yeah. that was the other thing from Texas, USC, a lot of first round picks, but within three, four years, a lot of those guys were not huge contributors on their teams. So like yeah. it's, it's, it's pretty remarkable. What, especially on power. the offensive end. Agreed. All right. One last LSU question. And uh, we appreciate you hopping out with us, Buck. Yeah. This year, they've got two wide receivers who have, I think, double-digit touchdowns. Neighbor and Thomas both have 10 or 11 touchdowns each. And, man, was Jaden Daniels. I watched the game last week before he got hurt. Friggin' he, he and Milrow just making plays with their legs and throwing the ball. It was a great quarterback showdown with those guys. LSU wide receivers. John knows that. I'm not the biggest Quedge Watkins fan in the world. Uh, the Eagles are not going to use a first-round pick on a wide receiver. Well, they don't need to because they've got two star wide receivers. So it's got to be third round, fourth Either one of these guys, they take the less, the better of the two out of the mix because they'll go to early. The Eagles won't be able to touch them. Do you like both of those two guys, Neighbors and Thomas, and could one of them be available? I don't even know if they're draft eligible. Uh, one of those two guys fit here as the replacement for the Quez Watkins deep ball threat for the Eagles going forward. Yeah. Neighbors is uh, eligible for the draft. And um, it's interesting to think about this because uh, I haven't really projected too far ahead for the Eagles. Uh, I, I mean, with the wide receiver situation, I've talked to NFL coaches and personnel folks before, and you really can't have enough wide receivers. And I mean, right now, um, as, as, as much of the riches they have in AJ Brown and Devonte Smith, their third leading receiver uh, was uh, was Dallas Goddard. Sure, and sure. now that he's out, you don't have any guy other than DeAndre Swift who has more than 150 receiving yards. So, I mean, having a third receiver helps. You know, if you want to go out there in 11 personnel, which they do a lot, yeah. um, it, that 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 really pressures puts pressures on 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 defenses. And uh, obviously, one of the big reasons they brought Julio Jones in, and even though he's late in his career we'll see how much success he has as the uh, season persists but yeah i don't think it's out of play to think of uh, the eagles going for a wide receiver in a first round situation because and look at what they did on the defensive line they they doubled up on that in consecutive years and that's paying dividends well so, that's the problem with the eagles they're always going to default they're always going to go into the trench when in doubt dive yeah. into the trench well, yeah well it's it's not a bad strategy in terms of yeah. how i've seen other teams and how they've worked i mean I'm, I'm just comparing it to what i've covered right so the texans in the last couple of years their offensive line their defensive line both of that a problem they finally addressed those issues now they're four and four which is not eight and one but they're, they're going to have more success, I think, as they, they continue to build from within, which is what the Eagles have done. But the point being there is think of where the depth is on this team and where it isn't. Um, there's there, You obviously have Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, but 
Um, if you want to add another third receiver in a rookie contract situation, it's not a bad way to go. Um, and it depends on what they do with their running back situation. You know, they do have DeAndre Swift under contract for this season, but they have shown that, okay, well, there are running backs in the market. You can bring in a new one and have the success to the par of what you had the year before. And they might believe they can get that from Swift again. Uh, it depends on what the market rate is. I think the running back market's going to surge this off season. Uh, so we'll see how that works. Um, and if they, I don't think a first round running back is now the cards. Not, not here. Uh, but no, to, no, to no. your original question, I mean, I'm watching LSU. Um, yeah, those those two guys, neighbors especially, is, is going to be uh, a first round um, uh, projection, and that's 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 fitting for him. Um, he was uh, just coming in as I was leaving. He was a he was a big recruit, but I've seen him come up big in a lot of situations. So um, I, I do wonder how that fits, though. When you look at how he would work with the Eagles, because I mean, you've got the, you've got, you've got AJ Brown, Devontae Smith. What's his, what's his role? Is his, is he an inside guy? Is he an outside guy? I haven't looked into that much myself, but I think he's probably more, um, probably in the slots that you'd be using AJ Brown, Devontae Smith. Now that being said, Brian Johnson, whoever you know, it, your offensive coaching staff, Nick Sirianni, they're going to make use of good players wherever they, wherever they get them, but. I, I do think uh, depth adding there, you might might want that. Um, so uh, yeah. I'm kind of speaking just uh, in, in generalities at this point. I wish I had more to give you on LSU's end on those wide receivers. But... I wish you were there for Brian Kelly because I wanted to learn how you get that Southern accent so quickly. Bang. Well, uh, you probably need <laughs> a little more training on that first one. Practice. So... You need deep practice. That's how you get there. Uh, Brooks, we appreciate much uh, you're coming out with us today. Now that we've uh, developed this relationship and you see how important Birds 365 is to the coverage of the Philadelphia Eagles, you'll come back on again, won't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I really appreciate this. And, uh, you know, it's been fun living here. And uh, within – I thought I was going to come here and play it cool after, uh, you know, uh, not not really ever being to Philly all that much. But within two days, I had a cheesesteak and ran the Rocky Steps. So, there we there go. You go. No, that yeah. was – Jumping right in. I was uh yeah, I was that guy. So. Have you have you had a second cheesesteak somewhere else yeah. other than where you had your first? Uh I had two. So I, two. I had, all right, compare and contrast. Give us the rating. So I had Joe's, which was in, in, in my neighborhood. I'm I live I'm living up in Fishtown. And uh that was that was fine, it was solid. Um, and then there was one that was I forget the name of it. It was just a late night one grabbing it. I haven't really gone after uh some some huge ones. I think my uh my host they were telling me Angelo's down on, on near the Italian market is 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 a big favorite so that's that's probably going to be the next and there's a lot the way, of good ones I don't want to rate anybody uh, it could be potential sponsors down the line so right. you never <laughs> and and oh well, by I'm, the way here's another thing you learn about Philly whatever you say you're right and you're wrong at the same exact time yes, if someone exactly. agrees with you of course you're right you know it you know better if somebody disagrees with you, you're an idiot why would you say something like that. It's amazing here in Philadelphia. You can be right or wrong depending on who you're talking to. Well, so, I think that's actually kind of uh, philosophically probably closer to the truth. <laughs> you can be right and wrong all the time. And, and to let uh, some of the Eagle fans. Uh, well, Brooks, we appreciate you coming out with us today. We are definitely getting you back. If you'd be good enough to jump back in with us, thanks for doing it today. Yeah, thanks, Joey. Thanks, John. Thanks, Brooks. Brooks Cabina from The Athletic, up from Houston, formerly from Baton Rouge. 
it seems like he fits right in here in Philly. Straight shooter. That's what we like about him. And we will have him back on again. All right. McMullen McDonald, last segment coming your way. We will come back and put a bow on the show here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. I bet you're coming back to wrap up a uh, Wednesday edition Yes, we now have 11 days before the Eagles play again. Hopefully they start clicking off. Remember, the Eagles not only have the bye week this week, but don't return till Monday night, Monday night affair against the Chiefs when they do come back. Um, John, you're going to be able to get any info, any leakage on how the Eagles are going to handle Dallas Goddard. I know that they don't have to do anything. They'd probably be well advised to not – make any decision or let information get out uh, because it seems to be cutting edge on whether they will or won't need to put them on the IR. Remember it's four games. It's not four yeah. weeks. 
They can't chalk up this week and go, yeah, it's one yeah. of the weeks. Yeah. It's got to be four games, so it's five weeks or whatever. You think you'll be able to get anything over the next couple of days as to just good uh, speculation you can hang your hat on? Um, Not as far as, you know, what they're going to do. I mean, that comes down to um, if they believe he's going to miss the four games. So I, I said to me, and again, that seems optimistic that he's going to be back in four weeks. But if he is, um, then you sort of uh, say you don't need to put him on IR. But, you know, the roster crunch, I would lean towards they need roster spots because mm-hmm. they need spots for, for Justin Evans and they need spots for Cam Jurgens, and they need a spot for Quez Watkins. Um, at least they say they need a spot for Quez Watkins. Well, you know, that's an easy one right there. You don't have to make a difficult decision. However, he's one of your best players. So if you don't, if you think he's going to be back for that fourth game, right? I'm carrying him. I'm not, I'm not just giving up a game. And this is the toughest part of the schedule. Um, so it it's really a medical, it's an Arshtonota decision, and he's the one who's going to be saying, um, and, and this might also be one of those issues where you have to see how it's coming along um, throughout that process, the third, the fourth week, and see where he is. Um, but, I mean, that's, that's an Arshtonota decision, and that's one of the most important people in this organization that few people talk about outside of this show. We bring him up every once in a while. He's the Eagles chief medical officer, and he's the one, the same uh, Howie Roseman decision. This isn't a, a Nick Sirianni decision. This is a uh, Arsh Denota decision. And, oh, by the way, John, that fourth game, the one that's in question would be who? Um, Where are we? So we got Kansas City. And then Buffalo, and then San Francisco, and then Dallas, right? Oh, so it'd be Dallas again that they'd have to make that sitting on the fence decision on. Very interesting. I'm yeah. with you. It's it's going to be a, a medical decision more than anything else. All right, brother. Well, good show today. Thanks for lining Brooks up. Looking forward to talking to him again in the future. Thanks to Mike Gill for his college-wearing T-shirt contribution to today's show. Uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. G-Mac, uh, Glenn Mac is going to jump in. We haven't had uh, my radio Mac partner in a while. Yes, Mac and Mac and Mac. We'll triple Mac attack you tomorrow. So looking forward to that. You're in, right? I don't have to sweat you not showing up, do I? No. Day to, well, day to day. He yeah. is day to day. I'm He's planning done. on it. Well, there's only one way for you to find out. And oh, let me quickly say on the way out, you can hit the like button. If you're on the way out, before you go, hit the like button. If you like Brooks for being today, hit the like button. We need to upgrade our algorithm a little bit. No, you don't like me, but that's okay. Hit the like button because of Brooks today. And when uh, we get Glenny Mac up here tomorrow, you can hit it again. Uh, so Mac and Mac will be back manana. That's two and two from now. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.